I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, it's time to sit down with your chai and listen to the story of how we colonized our colonizers, of how India made tea its own. Chai, chai, garam chai. On a rainy morning, as the drops of rain fell off the sleeper compartment window, the sound was music to the ears. The train chugged along, in the unhurried way our trains do, and chai was a much-needed drink for the sleepy souls. Isn't our relationship with chai amazing? It's the grease that keeps our mammoth country running. It's drunk on the street and in the boardroom. It's drunk at the break of dawn and in the still of the night. It's drunk for the silliest of reasons. and for no reason at all so much is chai a part of our fabric that our euphemism for a bribe is chai pani we cannot live without our chai it's almost as if it's in our dna but what if i told you that chai was not always in our dna what if i tell you that your great grandmother would have scoffed at you because you were drinking tea instead of milk or buttermilk what if i tell you that you drink tea today because in the 1900s there was a british committee in charge of tea propaganda sit down relax and get your chai this is the story of how we colonized the colonizers of how india made tea its own tea started off in china but it's the british who brought it to india and india was not interested in tea we saw it as medicine the china tea sets which are ubiquitous today were not even found in wealthy households you only drank tea when you had a bad cold even the dutch would boil it with arak as a cure for headaches and of course the british brought tea to india purely for economic reasons china was cultivating it inefficiently and they needed new markets to fund their imperialistic ambitions but it was hard to convince indians to drink tea they tried everything visiting grocers setting up demonstrations on how to make it but nothing worked and then as world war 2 was ravaging the world The British used the opportunity to introduce it amongst the workers and the laborers. They set up tea stalls in factories and gave it away free during the break time to develop a habit. They hoped that once the people got used to drinking tea at the factory, it would enter the household. They started making it available on the trains so that tired travelers could feel refreshed. Chai, chai, garam chai is actually a legacy of the British. Mingled with these sounds were the sounds of Hindu pani, Muslim pani, another amazing legacy of the British who were hell bent on bitterly dividing the country, and surprisingly, is the Muslims who took to tea first. Why? Caste. Hindus were unwilling to accept food or even water from someone of a lower caste. How could they accept tea from an unknown man on the railway station? The Muslims though couldn't care less, and you may think that the British must be happy with all this, right? Nope. They were aghast that the Indians transformed tea making completely. We did not care for the British tea. We added spices to it. We did not brew it. We boiled it. We made it milky. And our worst crime in the eyes of the British 
we added sugar. But how did that happen? Class. Milk and sugar became an integral way of drinking tea in India because tired laborers and workers used it as an energy drink. If you ever go to a place frequented by the working class, you will see them having tea shots in really small plastic glasses. But even after the valiant efforts of the British, tea did not make it to the Indian household. Again, why? Gender. Because women, my dear listener, did not have the liberties to step out of the house and go to tea stalls. She did not know how to make tea. And in a country where even today, women do a bulk of the housework and men say it with dollops of pride that they can make tea, you should know that things weren't any better in the 1900s. The British soon realized their folly and set up tea demonstrations in households. The women would peek from behind the parda to see it. In high-class households, they even employed women demonstrators. But even then, it only took off in urban India. Rural India remained relatively untouched. But you've got to give it to the British. They were persistent buggers. In villages, they set up tents and screened films and distributed free tea. Women were given separate enclosures, which not only gave them privacy from judging and prying eyes, but gave them the freedom to enjoy themselves. So fundamentally, the British exploited patriarchy to give women what we could not give to them as a society. They took to tea enthusiastically, and the rest, they say, is history. Tea became a part of our DNA. What was foreign a century ago defines our Indianness today. So the next time you hear someone talk about things or foods being not Indian, pause and ponder. In a world where everything is dynamic, what we consider our own changes every day. Our culture and identity is not static. It's a delicious mix which comes from boiling a whole range of influences together. Much like a beloved chai. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IVM podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memoria on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram. <laughs>